Hey, welcome to the Healthful Woman Podcast, the fastest growing podcast in women's health. Today's Monday, February 27th, 2023. Stephanie Melka joins me to talk about nights and weekends. How do I know if it's an emergency? In this podcast, we try to break down what kind of issues are ones that really need to be addressed overnight and on weekends, and which ones potentially don't. During the podcast, we give a few disclaimers, but I want to state them up, up front as well. This podcast is not meant to be authoritative or definitive. Each situation is unique, as is each person and each practice and their practice patterns. So always follow your doctor midwife's advice. And if you aren't sure what to do, better be safe and call them than not. What we're trying to do is to give you a look behind the curtain into what we are thinking when we get certain calls and what symptoms concern us a lot, such that we almost always want people to call and potentially come in overnight. Either way, it's always great to talk to Melka. Next week, we start a new miniseries on GI issues. Reminder for all of you listening on Apple or Spotify, please, please, if you could rate us, maybe throw in some comments, that would be awesome, preferably with five stars. All right, thanks for listening. Have a great week. We'll see you next Monday. Welcome to today's episode of Healthful Woman, a podcast designed to explore topics in women's health at all stages of life. I'm your host, Dr. Nathan Fox, an OBGYN and maternal fetal medicine specialist practicing in New York City. At Healthful Woman, I speak with leaders in the field to help you learn more about women's health, pregnancy, and wellness. Melka, welcome Hi. back to the podcast. It's been a while. It's been way too long. You've been dodging me. <laughs> You're ditching, you ducking, dodging, diving, and, and dodging. And dodging the five Ds. Well, it's <laughs> great to see you back in the podcast Happy studio. And, you know, as you know, you're a popular person on this podcast. People tune in to hear what Melka has I'm to so say. Excited. You're you're high up on the rankings <laughs> and, and, you know, best podcast or most listened to podcast of all time. So Sweet. very good. So this is, it's an interesting topic. We're basically talking about hey, like, how do I know if this is an emergency? Like, should I be calling? Should I be going to the hospital? Should I wait till the next day? And yeah, people don't always know. Yeah, very often I get a call at night. And, you know, for us, when you call the office, there's this like ominous message. If this is an extreme emergency and you need the doctor on call. And then I get a very confused patient. It's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know if this was an emergency. I think I need to talk to somebody. So we wanted to do this to try and clear things up a little bit. Yeah. And obviously some of this is going to be unique to how we practice, but obviously most of our listeners are not in our practice and it's different everywhere. And so what we say is may not be sort of mm -hmm. accurate for your own practice or your doctor or midwife or whoever. So, you know, we'll talk about that in our disclaimer section yes. that this doesn't always <laughs> apply to everyone. But just again, this is sort of a, a thought process. I mean, you know, in general, when you're pregnant, you have regularly scheduled visits every month, every week, every two weeks, whatever it is based on the circumstances. And that's obviously a time not only for us to evaluate you and the baby, but a time for you to come with your questions, right? So things, you know, that you, you write down, you have a list, things you want to know. And that's sort of the best time for non-urgent questions that can wait, things that aren't relevant for another month or two or whatever it is. And then obviously if things come up, you could also have additional visits, right? Hey, you know, something has been bothering me. It's not a big deal. Maybe I can come in this week, stuff like that. And so we're talking about something that is like new and comes up and the office is closed, right? Yes. It's night, it's weekend, it's a holiday. So that's what we're talking about. And how, how does it work? I mean, I know how it works, but I'm asking you to explain <laughs> to our listeners. How does it work in terms of like someone being 
on call? Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> so for our practice, we have one physician on call that handles all of the deliveries, rounding, seeing patients in the hospital, and then any emergencies or phone calls that come up. Right. And that's sort of like nights, weekends, and it's a rotating basis. Um, and that's obviously a big job, right? I mean, you could have several people in labor and it could also be quiet. Like mm -hmm. it could be Sunday and there's no one in labor and you've done all your rounds, rounds and, and you could home. be yeah. hanging out. And there's a few things that's important about that. First is that person is available, mm -hmm. right? Their only job is to be on call, right? And to be available uh, for emergencies. And again, in our field, that includes labor and delivery, which I wouldn't call an emergency, but it's something that needs attention, mm -hmm. you know, right away, obviously. And so that person is available. They're available nights, they're available weekends. We rotate it, you know, they're off the next day so they can, if they're up all night, it's fine. But on the other hand, you know, saying like, we're not like the time life operators are just sitting there with headphones waiting for <laughs> phone calls. You know, if there's nothing going on, we might be home sleeping or we might be doing something or might be eating or when we you're could, on call, you don't yeah. sit with this podcast set up. Yeah, with the headphones ready. on and the microphone ready to call. Right, and no, and there there it's are yeah there are circumstances where, for example, the doctor on call is automatically physically in the hospital on the labor floor. Like yeah. that's not how we do it, but there are places where it's like that. And so, for example, like one practical difference is I always tell patients like if you think you're in labor, don't just show up to the labor floor because I might not be there. Right, I I might be there. Right, and there's maybe even a good chance I'll be there, but. I'm not definitively going to be there. So call. So A, we can decide if it's the right thing to do, but B, even if it's obvious it's the right thing to do, I can let them know and I can myself make my way in. Otherwise, that's in our practice, the time sort of deliveries get quote unquote missed, meaning someone delivers and we're not there. Is usually we didn't know they were coming. Yeah. That's typically the circumstance. Okay, so some disclaimers <laughs> about this podcast. This is not definitive. Like we're not here to tell people what they absolutely must call for, absolutely must not call for. It's different for every person, it's different for every practice, it's different for every doctor, different for every midwife. So that's not the point of this, even if our own practice, these are just like general principles. I would hate for someone to hear this podcast and think like, oh, there's a rule that they said in one yeah. direction or another, because that's not the point. And everyone's practice is different. So, you know, make sure to be clear with your own doctor. Maybe like, how does it work? You know, how do you cover nights and weekends? Are you physically there? Are you not physically there? Are there things you do want me to call for, don't want me to call for? And ultimately do what they say. All right, this is, we're just a podcast. <laughs> there is some disclaimer at the end of this podcast too, that this is not like meant to be definitive medical advice. We're, we're here to talk, that's all. Okay, so what's a good example of a call that you got that probably could await it till the next day, just so people get like context on this? You can either tell me typical ones or even if you have a, a funny one. Medication refills on uh -huh. weekends are challenging where you don't have a chart in front of you, you don't often know what, like everything's electronic now. Like mm. I can't easily log on to my app and see mm. what medication you're on, what pharmacy it goes to, when were you last seen in the office? So it's hard when those come up. Right. I mean, people forget, you know, all of a sudden it's Friday night and you realize, oh, I never got my refill. And medically you can't always wait. Like it happens sometimes, but it's tough on the weekend when you're getting those. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a common one, I would yeah. say also. I got, this is not in this practice, back when I was when I was a fellow and I was moonlighting, I remember two calls that were just brilliant. One, I got a call at about one or two in the morning. I got, a, back then we had pagers. I got a mm -hmm. page, I got this, I got a phone number, I called back, hi, you know, Dr. Fox, Nate Fox, I'm on call, I can help you. And the person on the line said, great, I was just checking what the response time is. 
Wow. <laughs> so I said, bold move. I said, how was my response then? They're like, very fast. I was like, can I go back to sleep now? <laughs> like, yes. So I, I tried to hide my irritation. That was not cool. And the other one, I remember this vividly. I was at home on call. Actually, I guess it may have been for this practice very, very early. I got a page and someone said, you know, I'm pregnant. I'm 20 weeks. I'm like, okay. She goes, I have a runny nose. It's like what, two in the morning. I said, excuse me? She goes, my, my nose is running. What do you think I should do? So I said, have you tried tissues? <laughs> you did not. I did. And she said, okay. And that was it. That was the call. It was just, I don't know. Maybe they were in a different time zone. I'm not sure. That's happened. People yes. sometimes call from other countries when they're on vacation yes. set. Remember the time zone difference? We may not be on your time. That was, I remember that was the Andre's like, he got a call and someone's like, you know, this, this. And he's like, well, you should come to the hospital. She's like, I'm in Jerusalem. He's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the hospital there. Yeah, we'll defer that. So those, those are the ones that maybe can wait. What about the opposite? Have there ever been times where someone the next day or whatever it is, like comes to the office, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe you didn't call overnight for this. I've been leaking fluid for two days and it wasn't a big gush. So I didn't think it was my water that broke. So I've been waiting. Yeah, that's one. And then it sort of adds up over time. And then it's like 1, 2 a.m. They're awake and they're like, I don't know. It's just been going on so long. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've got the one where I would get like a text at like six in the morning from someone on my cell phone. Like, hey, I've been I've been bleeding all night. I'd be like, you know, it's like near their duty. I was like, oh, my God, please tell me you called the doctor on call. Like, no, I was waiting for you to wake up so I could text you. I was like, oh my God, everything was okay. Thank God, no problem. Her and baby are fine, but that's not great. And it's, you know, it's not always intuitive. So we're here to help, yeah. right? So what are some like general rules of thumb? And we'll get into specific examples, but just sort of like general principles that people can maybe take away when considering whether they should be calling at night or on the weekend. If you feel like you're sick and there's something wrong, and you need to go to the hospital and see a doctor, you should call. Yeah. And that's even if it's not pregnancy related. Correct. Right. And it's it's hard to put strict rules on it. But when I break it down, I typically break it down to term or close to term and yeah. then first and second trimester. Yeah. I mean, if someone is sick enough that they would normally go to a hospital or an urgent care or whatever they have locally, you should call. Because number one, we may be able to help you over the phone, right? Maybe it's not that bad. And maybe we could sort that out. But number two, if it really is that bad, we need to know about it, right? Mm -hmm. Either we can direct you to the right place, or at least we can know what's going on. Or if there's a question about what medication can you take or not take or whatever it might be. And I usually tell people like, when you're pregnant and you have a medical emergency, regardless of the emergency, or your first call. If we're not your first call, we're your second call. Like you have to call sort of like if you get arrested, you call your lawyer. Like if you're <laughs> pregnant and there's something going on that you're about to head to a hospital, call your obstetrician. I mean, someone's like, I think I have food poisoning. I think I have appendicitis. I think I broke my leg. Like whatever. I need to know. Like yeah. call me. Even if I'm not the one who's going to be fixing your broken leg, I need to know that you might have one and you're pregnant. And so absolutely call your obstetrician for this. I think in general, if you think it's an emergency and it needs to be addressed before the office opens, Right. Anything that you think needs to be addressed before, whatever that is, 8 a.m., 9 a.m., 7 a.m., tomorrow, you should call. Or if you're not sure if it's an emergency, but you think your doctor thinks that it's, it's an emergency, <laughs> also call. Right. Because not everyone agrees with what their doctor or midwife thinks is an yes. emergency. But if you think your doctor or midwife thinks it's an emergency, please call. I get that sometimes. Yeah. I didn't want to call because I knew you'd tell me to go in and I don't <laughs> want to go in. But and then they tell me whatever it is. And I'm like, you know what I'm going to say. Like, yes, you know, your baby's not moving. 
yeah. normally the way it was. Of mm. course you have to go in. Right. I'm sure you think it's fine and I'm right. sure it's going to be fine. But if you know I'm going to tell you to go in, then call and go in. Right. And we don't have an automatic response at any phone call no. that comes in. We tell them to go to the hospital. Frequently, we tell them not to. We're like, oh, that's normal. That's this. Mm -hmm. Try this. Wait an hour. Do this. Like there's a lot of things we can do to help sort of triage whether you need to come into the hospital or, you know, do you have to be in the office first thing in the morning or do you not? And so a phone call to us does not always mean, oh, I'm heading to the hospital. Right. We could, you know, we want to know what's going on if you're worried enough to think it's an emergency. On the flip side, if you're highly confident this does not <laughs> need to be addressed until the next day, then you don't need to call it. You can just call the next morning. I mean, it's some practices would, would rather you call at a certain time so mm -hmm. we can get you on the schedule. And that's unique to each practice. But essentially, if you're highly confident, like, you know, medication refill, yeah. I don't have to have this overnight. It's not an emergency. Right. We'll do it tomorrow. Call the office and someone will pick up and take care of it for you. Now, what if someone doesn't know, right? Well, I have something and I don't know if it's an emergency, which is tough. Not all, you don't always know. What, what, what would you advise that person? I generally advise call. Yeah, it's... Some of it is a liability thing. You know, yeah. I don't want somebody sitting on a concerning symptom for longer than they should. Yeah. Because they felt bad about calling. Yeah. Yeah. I tell people the same. I say, listen, like the person, well, this is what we do. This is yeah. like, this is our, our job. Not in a bad way. This is why we're here. And so if you're not sure, I'd much rather you call and I tell you either, no, that's not a problem. You're fine. Or yes, that's a problem. Let's do A, B, and C. Mm -hmm. I'd rather just know about it early. And it's not embarrassing. And we don't get upset if you say, I don't, hey, this is going on. I don't know if this is an emergency we can usually sort that out in 20 seconds. I mean, it's, it doesn't yeah. take too long. And we'd much rather know because there's several times where there is something going on. And for the times that it's not, fine, you're reassured. You go to sleep, you're okay. And you know that we can deal with this whenever it might be. The only thing I would say is if you're in that sort of, I don't know what to do situation, make that decision early. Yes. <laughs> like, don't, <laughs> don't waffle until like three in the morning and say, all right, now I'm going to call, right? If you knew that this was going on at seven, eight, nine at night, generally better time yes. to, you know, yeah. hash that out with the doctor on call than at three in the morning. That's just a public service announcement, yes. you know, for your <laughs> friendly doctor on call. But again, really, I tell people, if you don't know whether to call, just call. This is what we do. These are the calls we take. Like, this is fine. This is all good. It, it helps us understand what's happening. And it's part of good care. And it's our pleasure. Like, that's why we're doing what we do. And particularly if we know that the person calling is sincere, like I, I'm worried. I don't know mm -hmm. if I should be worried. Great. Like, let me help you. And that's usually very easy. That is the overarching principles and our disclaimers. Let's get specific. Mm -hmm. So I thought we'd break this down, like you said, sort of by stage of pregnancy. So let's talk about early pregnancy, right? So either someone is pregnant and they haven't seen us in the office yet, or they've been to the office, but it's still like first trimester mm -hmm. stuff. What are the typical things that are related to pregnancy? Obviously, someone could have pneumonia at any time yeah. in their life or whatever, but related to pregnancy, what are the phone calls that typically would be emergent on nights and weekends or first trimester stuff? Typically bleeding, pain, nausea, vomiting. Yeah. I think probably. that's all of the first trimester yeah, calls. Probably in that order. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, bleeding is an interesting one for, you know, because it, it can be a significant emergency mm -hmm. and it can be nothing. And everything in between, which is tough. I think the rule of thumb is if you're bleeding, the default is you should call. But the caveat that is on our end, when we get that call, which bleeding phone calls are you going to say, I need to see you ASAP? Anyone bleeding heavily where like hemorrhaging. You yeah. Know, what I personally use for patients is 
soaking through two thick pads in an hour, like right. really soaking through pads. Like, right. I think you should come in. Right. You know, if it's a miscarriage in process, there's nothing to do about it. Right. Um, but you might need an emergent DNC if things don't pass. If it's somebody very early, like five, six weeks, and they're miscarrying at home, you know, I think you can sometimes talk them through and have them stay at home. Right. But it's hard if someone calls you with that level of bleeding. Yeah. You sort of, you have to send, you know, you should be yeah. seen for that. Yeah. I mean, that's true. Bleeding from any part of your body at that, <laughs> at that volume is typically an emergency. I think one of the other hard things is the one sort of bleeding complication that we get really worried about is if they have an ectopic pregnancy. And so if once we've seen you in the office and you have an ultrasound and the pregnancy is in the uterus, it's not an ectopic or highly confident it's yeah. not an ectopic. And so that sort of like lowers the level of risk significantly in whatever kind of bleeding call is going to come in. But if someone hasn't been in yet or they came in and they're sort of one of these people to watch for a possible ectopic, that's someone we're going to bring in earlier because bleeding, especially if it comes along with severe pain in the belly, is going to be much more concerning to us about a possible ectopic. So again, if it's early pregnancy and you haven't been seen yet and there's bleeding along with pain, that's generally something we're going to want to check out either right away overnight or, hey, we need you in the office first thing in the morning. You know, yeah, based that, on what time it is and sort of what resources are available yeah. in your office versus do you do your ultrasounds in your office, you send them to emergency rooms in the hospital. You know, there's a lot of yeah. variation in these things, but that generally needs to be evaluated pretty quickly, even if not like immediately. And then the bleeding again, yeah, it's usually, you know, people call for bleeding, we tell them to call for bleeding and that is the correct thing to do. But typically it's a very light amount of bleeding that's not itself dangerous. And we're pretty confident it's not an ectopic. There's not much we can do if we yeah. see you. Sometimes we can give some reassurance, do an ultrasound, show there's a heartbeat. But to go to an emergency room to do that is fine, but it's a lot of weight, mm -hmm. sometimes a lot of cost, sometimes a lot of frustration. Whereas coming to the office and getting it done there, if it's available in your office, it's usually just easier for you, the patients. For us, the emergency room, it's not hard on us. It's you know emergency room staff. But again, it's, it's just, it's tough. So bleeding typically people call, but we frequently will not bring them in overnight or on the weekend unless we really had to. Yeah. And then... The emergency yeah. room is very good for emergencies. Yeah. But it's a tough place to be. Yeah. Like very crowded. There's a long yeah. wait. You're often in a stretcher next to other people or you have a curtain. Yeah. And to be diagnosed with a miscarriage or a possible miscarriage, like it's, it's hard for women. It's yeah. hard for people to go through that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's... Yeah. And some of this is also, again, resources. Some practices say some solo gynecologist, just, they might not have 24-7 coverage. And for them, it's ER or nothing. Yeah. And okay, if that's the option, then you have to make a decision. Do I want to go to the ER or not? And again, hopefully someone can guide you what to do, but depends again, what's available and what the options are and how soon could you be seen? Yeah. Sometimes otherwise. I actually ask patients, like, do you think you need to go to an emergency room for this? Right. And it sounds kind of silly, but I think it can help patients see the perspective of like, do I need to be seen immediately at 3 a.m. for this? Or do I think I can wait till 8 a.m.? Yeah, exactly. And again, also sometimes this changes, whether it's Friday at 5 p.m. when the office opens, right. Tuesday after a long weekend versus Sunday night, Monday morning at 4 a.m. when the office opens in three hours. Yeah. All right. So there's going to be some differences based on that. Nausea vomiting is something people actually, I probably added to the list of things people don't call about, but they should. <laughs> you know, someone's like, oh, I'm pregnant. I'm supposed to be this sick, but they haven't eaten in two days. They're passing out. They're like dizzy yeah. and weak, completely dehydrated. And they're like, well, no, this is normal. 
no, that's not good. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's something that really can hopefully be addressed. And I would consider that an emergency, even if it's not something we can necessarily cure, we could potentially improve uh -huh. and help people. Then also a lot of times people, it's not just nights and weekends. They're sort of like, well, I got to wait to my first visit in three weeks. I got a phone call from a, a friend recently who was telling me, I assume it's their daughter. They were kind of anonymous about this. Well, someone I know is early pregnancy and is very, very sick. She, you know, she hasn't eaten two days. She's, you know, really weak. Yeah. She's throwing up 12 times a day and this, this, this. And she goes, what medication should I get for it? And I was like, well, you know, there's A, B, and C. I said, but has she seen her doctor yet? And she goes, well, no, she's like only six or seven weeks. Her first visit is for three or four weeks. I said, have you even called them? She's like, well, no. I was like, call. Like yeah. they should see her today, tomorrow. Like yeah. they need to see her and see what's going on. We don't typically see people that early, but if someone's not well, of course they should mm -hmm. be seen earlier. And, and listen, this person, she's a doctor. She just had no idea mm -hmm. that that's even like done yeah. in OB circles. And so it's something that that is that is another one severe. I mean, if you're a little bit nauseous, you can call and usually they'll give you a prescription even without seeing you. But if you're severely sick, you need to be seen. All right. So now let's move on to the middle of pregnancy. So second trimester, third trimester, not quite in the full mm -hmm. term period. Calls are kind of all over the place here in terms yeah. of what, you know, there could be bleeding, there could be pain, things that is this labor, is this preterm labor? Am I feeling the baby moving, not feeling the baby moving? There's a lot of stuff sort of like overlap from the first trimester leading to the end. But basically, how do you address those calls or what are the things that are really emergencies to you in the middle of pregnancy? I mean, similar things, mm -hmm. pain and bleeding. You start getting into questions of fetal movement Yeah, where you might not feel movement till 20, 22 weeks. Yeah. You might go a day that you only feel one movement. You yeah. might have a day you feel more, a day you feel less. And so you'll get some calls about that as well. Yeah, I mean, fetal movement, is something that generally before like 23, 24 weeks, we're not, we're not so focused on yeah. it in that sense because it's not generally, not everyone has the baby moving or feels the baby moving. The babies are moving, but they're not generally felt until that point. You know, sadly, there's not much you could do if the baby's not moving well that early. Again, it's very rare when that happens. And so usually if someone calls in the second trimester with issues about the baby moving, we just reassure them and say, hey, come yeah. to the office tomorrow, this week, just so we can show you everything's okay. Just a mm -hmm. peace of mind, not so much as they need to do. In the third trimester, it's a big deal. Yeah. Like we take that very seriously. And so that's something we need to know about. So let's say, let's talk about that. So let's talk about fetal movement. Someone calls in the third trimester, the 30 weeks, mm -hmm. right? So it's not full term, but they normally feel the baby moving every day. And they say, hey, I just realized, you know, I got home from work and I started paying attention. And now it's like eight, nine at night. It's been three, four hours. I haven't felt the baby move at all. How do you address that? I have a very low threshold for bringing people in for this. Yeah. You know, the, the compromise to sort of, try to get somebody to induce movement is drink something cold and sweet like mm. juice, eat a little piece of chocolate, make sure you're sitting in a quiet room, hands on the belly, like mm. paying attention to movement. But if it's really like it's been all day and I've felt nothing, got to go in. Yeah, I do the same. I almost always give them the same, like, you know, lie down, close your eyes, focus on the baby. If you feel two or three movements in a half hour, mm -hmm. everything's okay, you're good. And if you truly don't, we should see you. Yeah. And that means come in. And I, I tell people 99% of the time it's going to be fine. And we know it's going to be fine, but we need to know because it might not be. And right? I'd rather have 99% <sighs> of those women come in yeah. and <sighs> schlep to the hospital and be seen and be sent home. Then yeah. one person not come in yeah. when she should have. Yeah. And so that's agreed. This is yeah. considered, it's considered an obstetrical emergency if you don't feel the baby moving. Again, with usual understanding, the babies mm -hmm. don't move continuously. And if you're very early, you don't always feel it. But in that point, like when you're already feeling the baby move every day, when there's a significant change and you can't feel the baby moving despite sort of the tricks we're talking about, yeah, definitely call and 
we're bringing you in. And that's something, even if we're not there, like I could be at home, say, go, like go yeah. now, you know, just go there, get the baby in the monitor, make sure everything's okay. And you may even go home and I won't even see you. Like I'll just find get on the phone yeah. say, you're fine, you're good, baby looks great, go home. Uh, so that is definitely one. And that's true pretty much full term as well. I think that in that middle of pregnancy, like 20 to 36 weeks or whatever it is, there's also a lot of stuff like, is this a sign of preterm labor? Like you said, pain, I'm having some contractions, I'm having mm. some cramping, having some pressure. How would yeah. someone know, again, whether that's something they need to call about at night versus wait till their next visit versus call the next day? Because right? that, again, that's a wide range also. Yeah. Anything really severe, like you're mm -hmm. doubled over in pain, you can't sleep, you should go in for. Yeah. What I'll tell people is you get more uncomfortable at the end of the day. You get more uncomfortable if you're a little dehydrated. So if you're cramping, hydrate, sit, try to sleep. If you fall asleep, you're not going to wake up with a baby in the bed because right. you slept through contractions. Right. Like if you can fall asleep, that's a good sign. Yeah. That this isn't an emergency. But hydrate, try and rest. If the pain is keeping you up, call me back. We'll send you in. Yeah. And this isn't a perfect rule either because, again, if you're concerned that you're having preterm labor, just call and, you know, we can talk you through it on mm -hmm. the phone and decide. I'll happily then, send someone yeah. in. If they call and they're worried, I'm yeah. never going to refuse to mm -hmm. send someone. Yeah. Like, yeah. You can go in and get checked. It's more trying to be kind to the patient, not <laughs> yeah. send them in just because they called. Yeah. I mean, I generally people do get contractions in the second and third trimester, as long as they're sort of sporadic, not particularly painful. They come and they go, you know, here and there, they go away with rest. Then that's not something that's going to be preterm labor. But generally, if they're getting closer together, they're mm -hmm. getting stronger. They're not going away. If you're having bleeding. Yeah, certainly it, with bleeding. Yeah, then, we, yeah. then we're going to send you in. And so, again, it's one of these things where if you're not really sure, just call. And that's a very easy phone call. Which is, we'll ask you four questions and we'll know yeah. right away whether it, you need to come in now or whether it's okay yeah. to wait and see how it goes. And I'd be more likely to send someone in that's at higher risk for preterm birth. Sure, so yeah. Twins, yeah. collage, prior preterm birth, mm -hmm. any of that, you yeah. know, more likely to go in. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Because again, the chance that it's real is just going to be higher. And also same thing, like where do they live? You know, all these things, like how yes. long does it take you to get here? There's, again, these are questions we just like, boom, boom, boom. It's not going to take very long to us to figure this out. Mm -hmm. And this is definitely one of those better safe than sorry phone calls because the last thing you want to do is, you know, I've been contracting all night and then you wait till the morning. It's just, that's just not, you know, and also people are worried about it. They don't yep. need to be sitting worried. That's not necessary. Another thing is what if someone thinks their water may have broken? That's a tricky one. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time people know for sure. Yeah, it's obvious. You know, it's usually. obvious. We send them in. We yeah. actively manage our prom or ruptured membranes before yeah. labor. If they're not sure, I'll usually tell them, put on a clean pad walk around for a few minutes. If there's more fluid leaking out, go in. Yeah. But if not, it was probably just discharge or a little bit of urine that came out. Yeah. So that I'm more comfortable with somebody staying home. Yeah. I mean, I would say at any point in pregnancy, if you think your water broke, call. Yeah. Like the call definitely. And that is 24 seven, right? If you think your water is broken, you should call. Now, when we pick up the phone, Nine out of 10 times, it's obvious your water is broken and we'll tell you what to do. Again, if you're preterm, we're going to send you to the hospital right away. If you're full term, we are going to send you to the hospital, not as emergently. Like we'd say, yeah, if the baby's moving, you can take a shower, get your stuff. But basically, we're going to be sending you in. But there are times when it's not so clear. Like you said, like, yeah. oh, I'm not sure. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. And then that's a situation where based on the circumstance, we'll either bring you in right away to evaluate, like if you're very preterm or maybe do some things at home to sort of yeah. figure out what to do. We're more likely to do those, obviously, someone who's 
full term because the, the stakes aren't so high necessarily mm-hmm. for waiting. But if you think your water's broken, definitely call. And also somebody who lives an hour and a half away yeah. has had five babies and always delivers fast. Yeah. I'm going to say, yeah. I think you should come in. Yeah. Like, get in the car, start yeah. making your way in. Yeah. Like I'd rather you have the false alarm by coming in and it's nothing than staying home and waiting too long. Exactly. And, you know, at term, it's the same calls. Almost always it's contractions, water breaking, baby not moving or bleeding. Bleeding. Like those are the big four. Mm -hmm. And we want to know about all four of those at full term. Again, at night, a few contractions where it's pretty obvious you're not in labor. You're welcome to call, but no one's going to send you in if you're, you know, at your due date and you're having a contraction every 15 minutes. Like that's nice to know, but you're not in labor yet. (laughs) And so I would say, you know, you could probably wait and see what happens. So Same you're thing yeah, with yeah. light spotting. Yeah. Like a little bit of light spotting at term. Yeah. Like you can right. give it right. give it time. Especially if you're in the office that day and examine I mean, you yeah. or it's like expected to get some spotting. And so again, like I tell people, you're welcome to call. Like it's no problem. But the chance I'm gonna send you to the hospital for a contraction four times an hour at your due date, you know, unless something else is going on, is very, very low. Unless maybe they were five centimeters dilated mm-hmm. in the office that day and they live two hours away. All right, sure. Then that person, fine. But again, it's it's one of these things where the things that are more concerning, like babies not moving or significant bleeding, we'd want to know right away. And water breaking, we're going to want to know, but based on how obvious it is and what's going on, how soon we're going to need you to act. But then contractions are the same way. What about people who've already delivered and gone home? Sometimes they forget that we're still their doctors. You know, like, hey, you know, just because you're not pregnant, we're still here to take care of you. I mean, certainly through the postpartum visit and, you know, beyond if we're your gynecologist as well. And so what are what are the types of things that people should probably remember to call for nights or weekends if they're postpartum? Generally, again, severe, heavy bleeding, Mm -hmm. pain, severe, not improved with pain medication. Yeah. And fevers. Yeah. I throw fevers in there. Yeah, we need to know about yeah. those. You know, if you wake up at five in the morning with the fever, could you wait till seven or eight to call? Yeah, probably, but whatever. I mean, fine, it called five also, but that's something we're going to want to see. That's pretty important. Preeclampsia is a condition that can happen mm-hmm. after delivery when you go home and it's real and it's a problem. It's hard though, because there aren't really great symptoms to pick it up or to rule it out. And so things like headaches that are yeah. new, we want to know about, again, doesn't mean it's preeclampsia. Sometimes it's just not sleeping from having a newborn. Sometimes it's related to the epidural. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's preeclampsia. But that's something we're going to want to know about, particularly if it's getting worse and worse. You know, just call. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay. Like, that's something we want to know about. That's another one. Also, certain things like new symptoms, like I'm severely short of breath when I wasn't earlier today or wasn't before. Like, yeah. sometimes complications happen that are rare and people forget, like, We need to know we're still your doctor. You know, we'll make sure everything's okay. And again, if we get the call and say, you know, it doesn't sound like much, but we'll see in the office tomorrow just to be sure versus, yeah, this seems pretty serious. Maybe you should come in. And it's a a big deal to get called back into the hospital after you deliver because frequently that's not with your baby. Sometimes it is. Again, depends on the hospital, depends on all the various circumstances, but it could be you're not with your baby. And it could be if you are with your baby, that's a big how does that work? Yeah. Right. And then you're nursing, like it's a thing. And we know that, but if we're going to send you in, it's going to be for a real reason, which means we really need to see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I think we covered it. I think we did. Nights and weekends. I was going to title this podcast, Call Me Maybe, but I didn't want to give people the uh, negative connotation, uh, oh. you know, that, that we're trying to tell people <laughs> not to call us. Uh, so I don't think we're going to use that. We'll pick another snappy title to the podcast that is worthy of us as play on words type of people. <laughs> 
I know I see the I see the wheels the wheels, the wheels are turning in Melka's brain for all the various, you know. I had something, but it's not yeah. appropriate. It would get censored. <laughs> mm, got it. Check. Fair. All right. Melka, thanks for coming on. Thanks happy, for talking about this. Appreciate it. All right. We'll see you again. Thank you for listening to the Healthful Woman Podcast. To learn more about our podcast, please visit our website at www.healthfulwoman.com. That's H-E-A-L-T-H-F-U-L-W-O-M-A-N.com. If you have any questions about this podcast or any other topic you would like us to address, please feel free to email us at hw at healthfulwoman.com. Have a great day. The information discussed in Healthful Woman is intended for educational uses only. It does not replace medical care from your physician. Healthful Woman is meant to expand your knowledge of women's health and does not replace ongoing care from your regular physician or gynecologist. We encourage you to speak with your doctor about specific diagnoses and treatment options for an effective treatment plan.